Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s. From great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Aaron Carey. And Aaron, you have this great uh, company called Sparking Wholeness, and it really encompasses the mind, body, spirit of wellness and wholeness. And, you know, when we are radiant and healthy and vibrant, it's amazing what we can create. But, you know, we're heading into sugar season, and sugar season is really tough. Even today, my dad brought home these holiday chocolate chip cookies, and they were right by my coffee machine, so I made my healthy tea. (laughs) <laughs> and then I washed it down with two cookies, and they were down in my tummy before I even blinked. <laughs> yeah. Well, were they good? Cho- like, were they soft and chewy chocolate oh, chip cookies? Really okay. Good. They were okay. Every, like, <laughs> That's good. Fifty-eight calories and whatever, ten grams of fat. You know, right. <laughs> but the problem is, I ate. I ate the first one without even seeing it like I looked at it I'm on the phone you know I'm doing three things at once you know making plugged in my teapot you know the electric kettle and it's heating up and I'm already looking at my teas which one am I going to get talking on the phone my hand was in that box the cookie was in my mouth chewing it up when I texted you going I'm going to be five minutes late and I'm like oh this is so good and then I had another one and you know unfortunately that was my lunch for today yeah. And you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm told no judgment. This is a judgment free zone here <laughs> because I think the problem is, is this time of year that happens so much more often than any other time of year, because we are surrounded by all the sweets and all the sugar and all the, even the non-sweet things, the little snack mixes and Chex mix and I mean, you name it, all the, all the things, all the sugary, snacky things. And it's so easy to get into this mindless eating habit. And I think those things are good things. And I'm all about enjoying some cookies, but it's when we're in the habit of just stuffing it down and we can't enjoy it, we're just doing it. I think that that's where it can become a little bit more detrimental for our <laughs> well-being and not just, I mean, I'm not even talking about calories and fat storage. I'm not even talking about that kind of thing. I'm just talking about like, it, it would be so much better to just sit down and really enjoy a cookie, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but we do it mindlessly. I did that. I caught myself. Oh my gosh. My husband got, um, 
I love caramel and cheddar popcorn mixed. Mm. And I cannot remember the brand, but it was like this big, gigantic bag that he oh, got was that at Costco. Red and white tube or like that. You know, it's kind of like that, but it was in a it was in a bag bag. Um, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> the brand, but um, clearly not sponsored. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was um, very good. So good that I did the same thing. I caught myself just mindlessly stuffing my face without even thinking about how much I was eating or if it really even tasted that because it did taste good. But I, I just, and then I ended up actually getting heartburn after that. <laughs> and I am the health coach, right? Like <laughs> I am the person telling people how to live healthy lifestyles, but I still struggle with the sugar monster. And the overindulgence. And because it is this time of year, we're like, Oh yeah, it's the holidays. Let's enjoy it all. You know? And yeah, it's such the a holidays start now, like in September, you know, Christmas that is true. Starts, comes out in September. The Halloween stuff is all August, then Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas. So it's, it's not just a one shot, one time deal. It's a four month deal now. Yep. That's yeah, that's true. And that is the problem. Like, I mean, my kids were decorating cookies today. And just like for my kids, I know they are faced with this even, I think more than I was as a kid. I don't remember, like you said, this being a four month deal when I was a kid. Um, But now it's like everything involves, I mean, I think that's true for our kids anyway. Everything involves sugar and snacks and, you know, the processed food, but especially right now. And so, yeah, it is such a tricky trap to, to get sucked into for sure. Well, and, you know, let's talk about kids for a minute here. You know, my kids go to a STEM school and their classroom size averages 36 to 40 students. Hmm. So when you're in middle school or more, more likely elementary school, you celebrate every kid's birthday. Yep. So when you add in 40 birthday cupcakes a year, plus all the different holiday oh, events at the school I mean, we're talking loads and loads of junk. And then on top of it, I don't know, is it this way in Texas too? Because it's this way in California. And I know it's this way in New York and Colorado where the soccer games now, you have mid snacks, you get a Mm -hmm. juice box, you get maybe Mm -hmm. grapes or oranges or apple slices. But then after the game, it's like a little gift bag. And the gift bag contains chips and cookies and crackers and candy bars. Like I have never seen anything like it. There's no way they could burn off all the calories (laughs) for their pregame, their mid water, you know, we have water breaks, but um, you know, that's, that's the problem. It's, it's, it's insane everywhere you turn. Yeah, it it really is. And it's constant. And you know what I think too, and I I don't know, maybe I've mentioned this before when we've been talking on, on a similar topic that, we talk about, you know, cold and flu season happening now. I think it's sugar season because sugar suppresses our immune system. So you take a kid, you know, you've got the holiday party at school, you've got the game, you know, you've got all these things throughout the week. Well, mm-hmm. sugar suppresses your immune system for a few hours afterwards. Like yeah. it, it really messes up your immune function. And so think about our kids who are now we're just leaving them wide open to spreading germs and, you know, catching whatever it is um, from the other kids. So I I just think that that's another interesting aspect as well, not to mention the fact that it's just, you know, my kids just get crazy hyper. Um, And 
like aggressive. Who doesn't? Hyper. You know, like, yeah. it's so funny because everybody's like, yeah, you know, when my kids eat lots of soda, when my kids, you know, you know, eat lots mm-hmm. of sugar or drink lots of soda or sugary drinks, like, you know, oh, they get all crazy. It's like, I could give you, Aaron, yeah. that much stuff. And then let's see what you do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd be doing cartwheels and stuff. We'd be having a good time. (laughs) No, it's true. And I think like for their little brains and their little bodies, um, it's, I can obviously handle a lot more because I'm an adult, but their little bodies, I don't know if kids these days are really designed to handle everything that we're throwing at them. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard as a parent to pick and choose. I don't want to be mean mom. You know, I mean, even for Halloween, I was like, okay, you get this many pieces and the rest we are taking, you know, we're giving away, we're taking somewhere else. Um, and, but I mean, it it was helpful. Otherwise they're going to be begging for candy all day and I don't want to deal with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really difficult. Um, it's, you know, and you don't want to be that mom, but I find myself being that mom. I mean, (laughs) you just, you just can't, you just can't let them go bananas and eat as much as they want. Yeah, no, for sure. Because they, you know, a lot of people, and I get this too, you know, people want kids to trust their bodies, but these foods, the candy, the sugar, the processed foods, even they're designed to be addictive. They are designed for us to consume more like that popcorn I was having. It wasn't me. It wasn't about my willpower. It was about the fact that this popcorn was designed for me to not be able to stop eating it. And same for our kids. And they don't know. They just, they just keep going and they keep eating. I see it all the time, especially with my middle child. He's my, he's my sugar monster. Um, and I see him going crazy over that kind of stuff. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. I have a sugar baby. You know, my sugar baby is Mm -hmm. absolutely insane when it comes to, and his downfall is these, these, uh, you know, kind of the sugary sodas that are, that are kind of the okay ones for kids. You know, like everybody says, oh, well, Sprite's okay. You know, I'm not not bashing all the sodas. I'm just saying, you know, like the orange sodas, you know, the green Mm -hmm. sodas. It's like, no, they're just totally loaded with sugar. And you know, it's okay to have them once in a while as a treat, but hello, like we do not need these all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And treats are great. I like having treats. You know, I have my stash of dark chocolate up in our pantry where my kids can't get to it. So I'm all about that. I think when we restrict and we're like, I'm never having sugar. I have a good friend actually. She's, she took a whole year off of sugar, an entire year. If you could imagine, um, her husband took an entire year off of alcohol. She took an entire year off of sugar. And so, so what she ended up doing was she would start, um, she actually started drinking more because that was her way of getting sugar, you know, wine and mixed drinks and plenty of sugar. Um, but then she would start making, Cause she could, I think she allowed herself honey. So she would make these desserts with honey, which they weren't near as good as what you would have with regular sugar, but she would have them. And then she would have them in mass quantities that she would never have if she was having, say just one chocolate chip cookie, you know? So I think our brains, we trick ourselves when we say no to everything, we're going to find a loophole, you know, we're going to find a way to get it. And it's usually we'll usually overdo it, especially if it's not as good as the one thing that we wanted. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, this is a really good time to uh, talk about our sponsor today. You know, we really want to thank our sponsor, uh, which is Bad Batch. And it's a podcast made by Wondery. You're going to really like this. And you can subscribe to Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to now. And there'll also be a link in the episode notes uh, for today. 
today. And if you ever listened to Wondery's Dr. Death, you heard about the 33 patients in Texas who underwent surgery and had their lives forever changed by this incompetent doctor. And this is, this is creepy, good listening, you guys. It's, it's, it's spooky. It's scary. It's thought provoking. You know, it's one of those podcasts that's like old time radio. You can just tune in and, you know, Aaron, every day, hundreds of thousands of people have to make decisions about their health in treating diseases, you know, managing pain, and it can be scary and life-changing. But what would happen if you're offered this supposed miracle cure and you end up worse than before? That's what this new podcast, Bad Batch, is all about. Oh man, I just had a friend message me about this podcast and she told me I had to listen. So yeah, this is definitely a good one, especially if you're into suspense and wanting to, yeah, that thing that just keeps you going from episode to episode. This is the one for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a new podcast called Bad Batch and it investigates the multi-million dollar unregulated industry of stem cell therapy where greed and desperation collide. Like, don't you just love that? I'm already getting chills. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's an industry that claims to treat pain and autoimmune diseases, infections, even autism. And what I like about this, there's a social message with this podcast too, because it's a it's a cautionary tale and an important listen because it really makes you think and you follow this story of host and reporter Laura Beale who broke that story open and now she's reporting on another story she was the one that broke it open like on Wondery's Dr. Death and then now she's got this new thing that she's on the hunt for stem cell therapy and bad this bad batch that gave a group of patients these disastrous results so Erin, I know you're going to listen to it. I've listened to it. It's so much fun. Uh, Creepy good listening. You can subscribe to Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to now. And there'll always be a link in the episode notes of this show or wherever Erin and I post uh, today's episode. There'll be a link there so you can listen. Uh, You're not going to want to miss it. And it is creepy good listening. Um, You know, Erin, it makes me think of all the different... Uh, like, you know, we read stories to our kids. We, we listen to stuff on, on podcasts all the time. And this is a really good one to make you think, especially about health and you're a health coach. Oh yeah, for sure. I love, I don't, I don't know. There's something in me, maybe all of us, we kind of like to hear those stories. Um, the what if stories. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know why it's, it's sometimes the more, um, the horrible ones that draw our attention, but yeah, but it's like, I think we all need to be cautious when it comes to our health and the next big thing. And, um, you never know, like, like with Dr. Death that happened in, in Dallas that happened in my hometown. So, you know, it's like, gosh, it could happen. These kinds of things could happen to anybody. And so I'm, yeah, I'm all about, all about that. Me too. Me too. So I'm going to give you that, that place one more time to listen to it. You can subscribe to Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And there's also going to be an episode link in the show notes. So you're going to want to check it out. It's called Bad Batch and it's produced by Wondery's Dr. Death. And Erin, you're from Texas. Like that is yeah, so cool. Like yeah. you're a health coach from Texas. You couldn't ask for a more perfect person to listen to this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to learn 
learn what not to do. <laughs> learn what not to do. So we're speaking of what not to do. You know, we're talking about sugar season and sugar season is just everywhere. You know, Erin, one of the things that I implemented in my company here, you know, I only have four people that come in and out of my office every day. Uh, most everybody's virtual. But I said, if you want to bring in snacks, bring in fruit kind. Like you can bring in a fruit mm-hmm. platter. You could bring in a you yeah. know, bananas. You could bring in apple slices with maybe a little cinnamon sugar. You know, we can have some fun. But yeah. please, please, please don't bring in trays of brownies, flats of cookies. Right. You know, <laughs> we tend to be all moms and we want to share. And part of that loving sharing goodness is baking, you know, yeah, is cooking yeah. and creating something um, that's lovely, but we just get overloaded. Yeah. And, you know, and I think what's important to remember about that is just our blood sugar, our um, adrenals, our cortisol, like all those things are very intertwined. And as moms, we tend to be run down way more than at any other time in our life. You know, Um, I mean, I remember being in high school and being able to eat whatever sugar I wanted and I was fine. And, but now I do notice that my, how I eat definitely affects my mood. It affects my energy. It affects my overall functioning. Um, And like I said, with the popcorn early on, I'm going to use that as my example, like you've got the cookies. I didn't feel great afterwards. And it wasn't just the heartburn or my stomach or, you know, it was mentally, I wasn't as clear. I was tired, you know, like a, a, a good brownie, cookie, whatever, anything that's, that's sugary, carby, it's not going to give us long lasting energy. You know, there's going to be a drop. And I think that that's important for us because we've got a lot of stuff to do. I mean, I know you and I, we both have, we've got big things we're doing. Oh, I know. We've <laughs> we got big goals. You know, yeah. And between so raising kids and working yeah. and juggling. And- it's a lot. It's a long day and a little bit of stress, um, extra stress with, with the food can, affect our overall stress load. And that's not good for anybody, especially not our kids. (laughs) No, no. And it's these, the addictive quality of some of this stuff, like, you know, sometimes like about once a month, my kids will go over to their dad's house for the afternoon and evening, mostly on a Mm -hmm. Sunday. And that's my time to either Netflix and chill or Hallmark Mm -hmm. and chill. And (laughs) what I noticed on those days was I ate junk. You know, the kids aren't here. So I'm like, Ooh, what do I want to eat that is good for me and I don't have to share it. And I found myself almost poisoning myself on those Sundays because instead of getting up and going to the gym, I'm like, Ooh, I can sleep in like, Ooh, I can have, you know, a breakfast. Ooh, maybe I'll get Krispy Kreme donuts. Ooh, yeah. maybe I'll get Dunkin' Donuts. Like treat uh-huh. for me. You know, yep. treat for me. Yep. And then I'll pick up food and it's always not good food. You know, it's not like I'm going to go out and pick up a salad. <laughs> right. You know, and then I'll sit down, I'll watch two or three Hallmark me- movies and then I'll have so much sugar in my blood that I pass out. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like I'm drunk. Yes. Yes, totally. And it does. Sugar drugs me. Like I've had, it's funny. I'm very selective about, cause sometimes it's worth it, you know, like cho- a good chocolate chip cookie. Yep. Not going to turn down a good chocolate chip cookie, but there are certain things like, say, kids' birthday parties, cake, the cake that those, you know, it's like the really sweet icing and the, yep. like, I'll have a bite and I'm like, oh, I can feel my brain buzzing from the <laughs> sugar. And that's just not 
I would rather not have it and go home and have my dark chocolate or whatever, yes. you know, even a cookie than have that brain buzzy feeling. Cause I know if it's starting to buzz, that's going to be, it's going to set me up for not good brain feelings later, you know? And so it's just, yeah, that whole balance of, is it worth it or not? Do I really want, how am I going to feel? Am I going to, you know, like there's nothing wrong with taking a good nap, but if you, like you said, like maybe you want to get something done or maybe you do well, want to go work out. out and, yeah. This is like, you know, you've eaten too much sugar. You're starting yeah. to kind of woozy yeah. and you're like, Oh, I really need to lay down and take a nap. And it's not a restful nap. No, you're, it's not. When you have the sugar yeah. crash or sugar high or whatever it is, mm -hmm. or I call it carb drunk, you know, if I have yeah. 20 carbohydrates and sugar, now I'm carb drunk. It's mm -hmm. not restful. You wake up feeling groggy and yeah. crabby and angry. Like it's a whole thing. And I think you're right in having, making a decision on how much can my body tolerate? Just like drinking, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, totally. a, I'm an easy drunk. Like mm -hmm. I can have a little bit of a glass of wine and I, you know, I don't drink anymore for that reason because a glass of wine and I'm, my face is red, my, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm not good at that. So, but yeah. I also realize that I'm also not good at sugar, mm -hmm. sugary things. So I have to look at it and go, do I really want this? Will I really enjoy it? Yes. And that's the thing. I was so mad at myself for mowing through that cookie mm -hmm. before I could really enjoy it. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's something so important about again, this time of year and being mindful and being able to sit down and really chew because we don't chew enough, you know, cause, and that's important for the digestive process. When sure. you chew, when you take time before you're activating enzymes in your saliva, that's going to break food down. The reason I had heartburn after eating all that popcorn the other day is I was just inhaling it. I wasn't right. giving my body time to digest. And if we are stressed, as I always say, we're not going to digest. And so how many of us were just shoveling we do this all the time, shoveling whatever we can in our mouths. And then we're like, Oh yeah. gosh, well, my stomach hurts or I have heartburn or I have, you know, bloating or whatever it is. A lot of times we're just not giving our bodies time to break down this stuff. And I, yeah. And it's, there's a reason, like even thinking about why so many different cultures, they pray before meals. It's not so much about the prayer. I don't, I think a lot of it is that it's taking time to let your body prepare for digestion. And so even just taking a few seconds before eating and going, wow, I'm so glad that I have this food to nourish me. This is, I mean, that's going to change how our body responds to food. Sure. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's an interesting thing. We learned that in nutrition school, actually, that um, the way we think about our food affects the way we digest the food. And I think that's something to remember too, if we're beating ourselves up and going, oh, I shouldn't have had that cookie. I shouldn't have had that cookie. I shouldn't have had, you know, well, no, your body's not going to respond well to it. <laughs> like, wow. Interesting. Cause you know, I was out in New York city working this past week and I, I went to dinner with two friends and they took me to this place, um, which has wonderful German food and they decorate mm. it's called Ralph's as they decorate the whole inside. I posted it on Facebook cause they, they hang Christmas around and it's like the whole sea, the oh, whole ceiling so is carpeted with them and they play Christmas music and it's, it's really fun fun. And my one friend that went with us, um, you know, two of us were really excited to go there. One of them didn't. And she's like, oh, this is overpriced. This is noisy. This is this. And she was so disagreeable in the first 15 minutes. And then she got a very benign, she got some beef stew with spatzel, you know, it was little chunks uh -huh. of, beef, you know, onions, tomatoes, not spicy spatzels, like a, it's like a pasta, you know, kind of noodle. So it was nothing. And then after she ate, like, and she wolfed it down, like not the whole thing, but she ate a whole bunch of it really quick. Yeah. And then all that, all she did was talk about how, how 
how she had, you know, her tummy upset with that. Mm. And it didn't connect to me because like I ate some of it the next day and then our friend Fred ate a little bit and we're like, wow, we didn't have any of that. Mm. So you're saying your mood when you're sitting down to eat yeah. can affect your digestion. Yeah, I think so. Because also if you're in fight or flight mode, you know, if you are stressed, it's going to shut just our body's biological response to fight or flight is to shut down digestion. Cause if you're running, you know, you're, you're running from a tiger, like you don't need to be preparing to digest anything. You're just, you need to run, you need to go. Um, and that's just the biological response that we have. And so I think sometimes when we're stressed in life and other things, like your body doesn't know the difference between, you know, running from a tiger kind of stress or just that chronic stress that we have as parents, as moms, as right, you know, doing all the things. At the dinner table going, oh, I don't want to eat this. This is overpriced. I don't want to be here. And, I'm- and that too. Right. And it's like, it's doing something. Your body's having a physiological response. And so it's, it's going to shut down digestion. It's really interesting. And I wow. don't think I ever considered that until I went to a nutrition school and learned more about digestion and more about yes. the mind body connection. It is, it's really strong. And we don't, you know, the, everybody knows in medicine about the placebo effects. Like this is not we know that our mind tells our, our body how to respond to things. Um, there are lots of documentations for that. So, but it, it is true for food as well. And I, yeah, I try to remind myself of that because even when I have something like a cookie or whatever it is, like, this is really good. I am enjoying this cookie. I am so grateful yeah. that I get the opportunity to eat chocolate chip cookies. Like, you know, like we just need to repeat those things to ourselves. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. It makes a huge difference, you know? It's amazing how, you know, we can set the stage for something as simple as a meal out. And, you know, that can affect not only the enjoyment, but it affect our physiology as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, we're designed to eat good food, you know, and to celebrate and to like, this is for society for all ages have been eating decadent food. So it's like, we can handle some amount now the amount of sugar, like, again, like going back to the kids and stuff, that's probably a little overload, but like for all times, people have been celebrating with food. And so we should be able to do that. We shouldn't be in this all or nothing mentality or the, you know what I really hate the, the feast before the famine thing, like, Oh, diet starts Monday. Like, right, I better stuff not, myself. Yes. Like that's exhausting. And then that really freaks our bodies out. That's when our bodies are like, Oh no, now I'm starving. Now I got to store fat, you know? So it's like, ah, if we could just find a little bit of that balance somehow in the way we think about it, and the way we, you know, and what we're eating and what we're choosing and how we're choosing it. I think that that makes a difference. It does. It does. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, when you were talking about, you know, um, the body's response to how we think about, you know, food and what we're doing and what we're putting in our body, it made me think about saying grace or prayer, you know, before a meal, you know, whatever denomination you right. are, you yeah. know, yeah. I come from two great religions. I'm the product of, of Judaism and Catholicism or Christianity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's really fun for me to enjoy both of those. And my kids, uh, one of their best friends is Muslim. So we, we, 
get together and we kind of talk about our respective, the moms talk about our respective religions mm -hmm. and how common they are. You know, it's funny because we yeah. get together and we, we talk about, oh, hey, we do this food. Hey, we use a food like that. Hey, we have the brokata. We have the blessed bees, you know, kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, these things that are, uh -huh. are pretty similar. And, you know, everybody says kind of like what you said was stop and take a moment before your meal, you know, and give thanks for it. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. You know, you weren't talking about prayer at that point or the power of a, a prayer or a gratitude. But when you think about, you know, history and culture, because I like to go back to some of these things and go, oh, there's probably some truth in there somewhere. Like yeah, there's probably yeah. some reason beyond, yes, we want to be grateful. Yes, we want to honor, you know, w whatever power of belief that we have. But there may be a physiological reason behind it, too, to go if you slow the body, calm the body before mm -hmm. you put food in the body, and you're happy and you put yourself in a state of grace. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would prepare the body for nutrition. Mm -hmm. And how many people would see their health improve? Like if we did that on a regular basis, like I think it would really change a lot of things because I do believe that stress is one of the biggest reasons we are all so sick in our country. It's because we yes. live fast pay. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, preaching to myself here. Like I don't, I was thinking about that today. I was like, okay, at some point today, I'm going to slow down and breathe. You know, like I have yeah. to, I have to add that in and make sure and carve time out to, or, or take a bath or, you know, like these things where I can slow down, go to yoga or just kick, kick my kids out for a second. Sometimes I hide in my bathroom and oh, <laughs> they yeah. think I'm going to the bathroom, but really I'm just taking a moment for myself. Yeah. You know, like that's important. We have to do that because otherwise, again, we're just living off of stress hormones and that's not beneficial for us health wise at all or emotionally, at all. you know, or any, any of it. Yeah. Well, and when I was in New York, I have two friends, uh, two very dear friends that don't like anyone touching them but they like body work and they, they like my hmm. body work, you know, like just, you know, just gentle massage and, uh -huh. and, you know, kind of lymphatic drainage, things like that, that I, that I was trained and know how to do. Um, so they're like, you know, would you work on us? And they pay me. It's super nice. I go there, you know, I pick mm -hmm. up, you know, a little bit of money, but I also, you know, help relieve their stress. And the thing that I noticed in both of them this time, and they both live in midtown Manhattan, very, mm -hmm. very stressful careers. It's a lady and a gentleman is they don't breathe. Hmm. I was watching them. I was watching them at the dinner when we went out. They're mm -hmm. not breathing. And then when I put them on the table, they have a table in each of their places. So I throw them up on the table, you know, and they're under the blanket. And all I did, you know, Aaron was lay my hands on their back on their rib cage and just feel and I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're not breathing. So I'm like, okay, oh. take some deep breaths, take some deep breaths. So when you think about what happens when you're stressed? I know I hold my breath when I'm oh, stressed. Yeah. If I'm running yeah. around, like I'm holding my breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And there's something about breathing in through our nose. It activates the parasympathetic nervous system. It takes us out of fight or flight, which is our big problem. And so I think just stopping and inhaling like a really true deep breath and then blowing it out like that. I already like, I can feel calmer and we don't do it. And, you know, thanks to yoga, like that's where I learned my, my deep breathing. Um, and I, you know, last night I woke up in the middle of the night, I had a hormonal migraine. Yay. So fun. Um, 
And so I started doing that in the middle. It was like three 30 in the morning. I was like, okay, I need to go back to sleep. I need to relax my body. I need to go back into sleep mode. And so I just did, I breathed in for four seconds, held it for seven and blew out for eight. And I did that a few times. And eventually I went to sleep because there's something about we, even when we're breathing, I mean, when we're sleeping, a lot of times we'll be mouth breathers, you know, like yep. we'll have our mouth open. I, I noticed that I'll wake up and I'll have that like yucky taste yeah, in my dry mouth. mouth. Yeah. It's, I'm like, dang it. I was mouth breathing again because <laughs> I try so hard to breathe through my nose because I know that that's going to give me a restful sleep and it's going to calm me down, you know, completely. But uh, yeah, it's, um, you're right. I mean, I don't think people know how to breathe. No. We're not taught that, you know, no, when you have a baby that. and you watch your baby sleep, have you ever noticed like their, uh-huh. their tummies go up and down? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then as we get older, like for me, like I'm a shallow chest breather, you know, and uh-huh. I have to, you know, part of it is my posture, you know, and I have to sit up and literally make a conscious effort. You know, I spent seven and a half hours. I had to go to Dallas for a meeting on the way home and then from Dallas to Los Angeles. So, you know, I was in the air a lot and then sitting yeah. in cabs, sitting on the train, <laughs> you know, and so I was kind of in that you know, crouched position that you have on an Mm -hmm. airplane. And I found myself, um, okay, I have to tell you what I do. (laughs) Okay. I'd love to. Everybody's going to do it. (laughs) If the plane, like when I fly some of these carriers that you don't have a seat, you know how some of them are not assigned Mm -hmm. seats. Yeah. Um, well, if the plane is not super full, I will whip out a bunch of tissues. I will crumple them and I'll put them on the seat next to me. Uh-huh. And then I'll be touching my nose <laughs> and nobody ever sits next to me. That is a good trick. Yeah. Everybody's doing that now. <laughs> right, I know. I'm like, okay, trick. now 14,000 people are all going to be doing the same thing, but oh, you know, so it's, it's because I was like, you know, I was so tired. It was a, you know, seven day turnaround. I had meetings every day and I was like, the whole plane is empty. But you know how sometimes when you sit on these planes, there's the chatty Kathy. They, they want to sit down oh, for yeah. somebody to talk to. And I was like, yep. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be picked up by anybody. I don't want to pass the, <laughs> the four-hour flight talking to someone. Yeah, yeah. So I always ask the flight attendant before I do my little tissue trick. I'm like, is it a full flight? And they're like, no, it's not a full flight. You're, you know, we're about a third full. So I'm like, okay, here comes the, you know, the <laughs> tissue <tears."> trick. <laughs> tissue trick. And so, yeah, so I did, I sat in one of the seats and I put the tissues, you know, in the seat in between me and, um, it was only two seats. So no one sat there Hmm. and I'm like, you know, but I found myself the whole time, like unbuckling my seatbelt, arching my back, trying to get a deep breath Mm -hmm. because whether you're in a car seat or a airplane seat or a train seat, you know, you're Mm -hmm. kind of compressed and then you're buckled in. So it's even harder to get good deep breaths that that yeah. make you feel good and everybody can breathe it's just yeah. we forget to breathe we get so involved in everything else and we don't breathe I've watched my kids sit on their phones and not breathe oh yeah oh yeah me too I've seen it <laughs> it is that's oh it's crazy and we are also in that hunched over phone posture all the time too or yes. computer posture and that doesn't help, you know, open up the airways, you know? So it's like, as I'm talking, you right, know, we're I'm both like doing lifting that. Like we're looking my... <laughs> at each other on the screen going, look at, look, yeah. what, look how much taller Aaron I'd be. I'd have to adjust my microphone because normally yeah. I'm kind of slouched over to the side and squishy. If I'm here, my head's totally above mm-hmm. the microphone. 
Yep. Which by the way, when I started doing yoga, I really thought I would grow because I've heard that, that maybe you grow like a half an inch. No, I haven't. I haven't grown. Just, just to debunk that right, right there (laughs) on the subject of yoga. Um, but yeah, but posture is important. Breathing. I mean, and just being again, like in the state of mindfulness, instead of thinking ahead of like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. We can't, we can't calm our bodies down and be in the present and enjoy our food and enjoy our sugar, or even be able to say no. We can't even consciously say no. And and there are some people that say like for kids, kids who are struggling with behavior issues, um, maybe ADD, ADHD, their bodies are in this state of fight or flight. And it's really hard for them to make good choices that we want them to make because they're so stressed out. Same thing for us. I sure. can't make good choices about my food when I'm in a constant state of stress. Right. And so going back to breathing and all and being mindful is so important. It is. And that's a, you know, it's a hard concept in our society because everything is, you know, you don't even spend a minute without some sort of input. If you pump gas, you know, they have those little TV things, you know, yeah, the uh-huh. gas station and, you know, you go into the grocery store and the checkout lines and there's more, more, uh-huh. more, you know, everywhere you go, you're bombarded with, mm-hmm. with, you know, and sometimes it's really stressful. You know, the saga shooting that happened mm-hmm. is right down the street from my kid's high school. That wasn't oh my, my kid's high school, but you know, I'm in New York and you turn on and I'm, I'm literally was going into the subway and there was a television screen and then I stopped and I'm like, I stood there transfixed. Now in a perfect world, oh. I would, and then I went to the meeting and I was so upset that at the meeting, they let me go into somebody's office and watch more of the news. And then oh, you know, I was checking man. my cell phone during the meeting. You know, we normally didn't growing up, get all this tragic information right. Until the six o'clock news at night, and it might mm-hmm. be a five minute or a two minute, you know, now we're 24 seven news. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's created this environment that the world is so awful, so horrible, mm-hmm. you know, because they want to get people to watch, you know, nobody's going to watch. I mean, look at the puppy bowl. They put the puppy bowl on, you know, <laughs> yeah. opposite the Super Bowl. The puppy bowl is so cute, but you know, because uh-huh. I love puppies and I love, you know, the Super Bowl, but I can only watch puppies play in the Super Bowl so long, right. <laughs> you know, but I could be transfixed at a shooting or a, uh-huh. You know what? It's just, it's like ghoulish, you know, we get drawn in, but then it totally yeah. changes our perception. And when we change our mm-hmm. perception of reality, it, it creates different hormones and different releases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even when I go to the gym and I want to work out to de-stress, what do I see up in front of me? They have all those screens with the news yeah. and political stuff and like, so, which that's fun. You know, there are lots of people that are into all that. And that's great. And I think, like you said, the six o'clock news, maybe once a day, like there are time to get into all, but I just get anxious. Cause I'm like, yes. Oh, everybody's so mad at each other all the time. Why is that? Why is everybody so right, mad and at each other? Everybody's dying and kids are dying. <laughs> yeah. this, this is horrible. How is this, you right. know, my workout? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And of course, then you got social media and I mean, it, it's just like, you're right. It's, we are constantly exposed to everything. And that's right. You can't, you can't swing a dead cat around. You can't check your email. You know, if you use one of these big email providers, because in order to get your email, you're getting all, you know, these news and these ads and things like that. And that was Uh the, the thing that I'll tell you really unglued me when I got the, um, I was on social media and they're like, it's 10 weeks to Christmas day, or you have 10 Sundays left. Oh yeah. And I was like, I mean, 
Christmas in our house is not really present centered. You know, there's presents mm-hmm. and stuff like that and there's meals centered, but you know, it's a faith-based holiday in our house. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not super crazy, but that whole holiday season means company parties and client yeah. parties and school mm-hmm. parties and, you know, birthday parties and, you know, church parties. And, you know, you're just going yeah. like, yeah. you know, and even just the concept that it was 10 weeks away or 12 weeks away, whatever it was when I saw that, I was like, there's only nine Saturdays left. Mm. Now they could have said, you still have nine Saturdays, you know, but it was that implied fear of you're going to run out of time. You're not going to get everything done that you want to blah, 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 blah. That's, you know, it's a lot of these ads are stress inducing Mm -hmm. because they're basically saying you're not good enough, pretty enough, tall enough, thin enough. You don't have yeah. enough time. You're not a good mother. Like you need to feed our box stuff to your kids so you can be a good mother. Like, right. <laughs> and buy really, them all these toys. Right. Yeah. And buy them all these toys. I mean, it's really a hard row mothers have these days. I mean, fathers mm-hmm. do, but I can only talk on behalf of mothers because I'm not a father. <laughs> right. No, exactly. And it's, you know, going into, I feel like it has become, like you said, going, it's a four month holiday instead of just a little bit. And I did tell myself this year, cause last year, I ran myself to the ground to where, you know, come January 1st and I was not in a good place emotionally because I had done too much during the month of December. And I've already told myself, I've already made select commitments. Like these are the things that I'm going to pick and choose to do during the month of December. And I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of myself through movement, which I know we've talked about. We both care a lot about movement and exercise and that's a commitment I'm making to myself. Um, I'm going to try to find ways to rest and chill out. I'm actually, yes. I've got a list of fiction books that I'm going to read because right. I read a lot of health books and sometimes that is overwhelming. And so I've yeah. got some fiction that I am going to binge on that I'm really excited about. And I really am trying to make a goal to come on now. I am 38 years old. I should know what my brain and my body does around the holidays and I get stressed and I also suffer from seasonal depression. And so I am going to go into this time of year with a plan. That's been (laughs) something that I'm sticking with this year because I don't want what happened last year to happen this year. So because it is, it's it's overwhelming for us. There's a lot, a lot going on. And I think there's a lot more of us you know, that may or may not have been diagnosed with that, that struggle with it. I mean, you know, you, you know, my mom used to call it the winter blues. Yes. Yes. You know, all the moms get the winter blues and we thought it was just because, you know, it was Buffalo and it was gray and it was overcast (laughs) and, you know, snowy and sleeting and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, you look at the normal Norman Rockwell paintings and my mom would always say like, yeah, just lift up the Norman Rockwell painting and underneath you'll see like kids fighting and you know, everybody's oh, fighting yeah. the house winter. <laughs> like, you know, but now I yeah. live in the Southern climate where it is warm and people have the same winter blues. So That's true. Something yeah. is, something's not right here. I mean, it's, huh. yeah. you know, it, it, it's gotta be more than the weather. It's not just the vitamin D, you know, cause you get plenty yeah. of vitamin D and that's, that's such an interesting point. And I wonder how much of it has to do with this push to have more stuff and the push to do more things and to add on, add all these activities. Like there are different, oh man, don't even get me like, and if you do it again, this is judgment free zone, but the elf on the shelf thing, I can't do it because it would stress me out. So my kids don't even know what that is because yeah. <laughs> there are certain things I know that I can't take on because it's just going to put me in a stress and I'm going to be mean mom. I don't want to be mean mom during the holidays. Right. 
So it's like, there are certain things I've had to limit myself on. Um, and we're all fine, but it's like every year there's a new thing we need to do for our kids. That's right. Well, tough. that's like, I have this big advent calendar. It's a big German thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it looks like a house. Oh yeah. We used to do this when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's like three feet high, two feet wide. It's got 24 doors, you know, uh-huh, really yeah. beautiful. And each door is big enough to put like a bite-sized candy in. Oh, that's fun. And so what I would do, and you know, and the kids, the kids only figured it out, like in their teens, I kid you not. I would <laughs> siphon off the little candies from their, and I needed two of them, two identicals. So two little, like from their Halloween uh-huh. candy. Uh, I go through their Halloween bag, all the little teeny weeny things. Uh-huh. Like I would kind of, you know, quietly take, you know, one from each and match them up and then put them and stuff them in the back of the freezer. So uh-huh. then when it's time to do the advent calendar, I would put the Halloween candy in there and it could be, you know, like uh-huh. one a day. But what really stressed me out is sometimes like I miss a night because mm-hmm. I had to wait till the kids go to bed or get up in the morning and make sure the advent thing. So then, and we used to call it the advent fairy, like the advent fairy would oh, fill the advent calendar. Uh-huh. And then the kids will be like, mom, she didn't come. Oh mom, no. She didn't come. And I'm like, that naughty advent fairy. Like <laughs> she probably skipped it or she, maybe she slept in and then, you know, they would be having breakfast and their back would be turning. I'd go like, oh crap. What day is it? Oh, it's the sixth. Open the sixth door, fire two candies in there. Well, now oh, the gosh. advent fairy only comes once a week because she's older. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's up to the kids to not open the door for the day that it's not in. And that happened because my younger one was like, mom, I opened up the 10th and it's in there. <laughs> you know, because traditions, funny. though fun, have to be sustainable. That's true. That is true too. And I think, and again, go, it's like with the sugar, some traditions are worth it. Some yeah. traditions are going to be worth repeating, but some of them, is it worth the stress? Is it worth everything no. you put in? I don't know. We just, there's so many, we have to be, we have to be choosy, you know, about what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Like my kids for Christmas, they get one really nice gift and then the rest they get are more utilitarian. They might get a new lunchbox, Mm -hmm. they might get socks or a sweatshirt. I mean, you know, things they need, but the the good gift, the nice one they want, like if it's like a a PlayStation or a radio or a phone or something, you know, like the, whatever the big ticket item is, that's always wrapped in gold pack paper oh, and it's nice. like really shiny gold and I'm like you know I bought this roll of shiny gold paper last me I mean I'm, I'm going on like year 11 it was like you know this big because you're not wrapping 100 presents in it yeah it's just a special one yeah. it's a special one and it's like I have the special gold ribbon and the special gold paper you know it's like heavy fancy paper but I wrap that gift and I'll tell you, the kids come down and there's all pretty little presents and stuff. And then there's like the gold one. And when they were little, that was from Santa. And the reason I had to do that, Erin, is, you know, as a single mom, sometimes the Santa present would come from my parents. Sometimes it would come from a brother or sister. Yeah. Or in years past too, I have really great clients, Linda and Roger Franklin in New York, they would send, like they sent the kids earbuds one year. And the, that was the nicest presents they got. And huh. so that's the Santa present. So yeah, that's <laughs> you so know. cool. Yeah. And it was yeah. kind of a cool tradition, you know, but I can sustain that because you just need gold wrapping right. paper. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good idea with the gold wrap. Cause we, we do the same thing where we have, well, I heard years ago, um, something you want, something you need, um, something to wear and something to read. And I like that because it's like, okay, a book, I love giving my kids 
books for gifts and that's sure. you know, what $10 or less, depending on, you know, yeah. um, and then something to wear. I like that. Something you want, something you need. So again, so it's like these, well, my daughter this year, she's 15 and she loves music. And so she really wanted, there's a concert December 21st. Nice. Um, and there it's a band that's like, they're not super well known, but they're, they're big enough to where they have like these meet and greets. Yeah. So she wanted tickets, like VIP tickets to do the meet and greet. And then I go with her and we're going to go and she's going to meet her band. And it was not cheap, you know, to no. get tickets. But I mean, we ordered them months ago and she is just counting down the days. And that's her big, that's her big gift. And she's excited and she knows that that's her big gift. Right. Um, but it's, and I think it's okay to have like one nice thing, you know, and they don't have to get all of everything. Um, and I, yeah. And cause also that just, I don't know, diminishes again, the importance of the holiday to begin with, you know, what is it about? Is it about getting together and worshiping or getting, even if you're you're not going to worship, it's about getting together. It's not about the stuff. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I think it's good to teach kids the balance in that too. Well, it's like my, my older son, he's 16 for the last four years. He's wanted this Marvel comic book subscription where he can read all the Marvel comics on his phone, you know, some, uh-huh. but it's like $80. And so every year I've given him, that's his good gift, but I buy a little Marvel fig, you know, a little Marvel figurine, uh-huh. you know, a little, little, you know, two, $3 one, nothing special. And then he holds a card, you know, that says the subscription's been paid because uh-huh. You know, it's really hard. Some of these digital things, you don't want yeah. your kid to open a gift card in the morning. Like that's kind of crappy. I know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now he has like, you know, like four little Marvel, fig- Marvel figurines, you know, for <laughs> four years he's had this subscription, but you know, it's yeah. 80 bucks. It's like, you know, whatever, six bucks yeah. a month. So it turns out to be about $80 by the end wow. of the year with tax and everything. And it's digital. So how do you give a digital gift? Right. I mean, that's the new age of gifts, right? Like so right. many things are digital now and it does. Yeah. It, it changes the way they're given. It changes all the excitement a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, my son, my, both my sons have Kindles and they like mm-hmm. have their books on Kindle because they keep them forever. They don't have to store yeah. them. They don't clutter up the room. Mm-hmm. You know, when they clean the room, the less they have, the easier it is. So that is true. <laughs> you know, and they have their childhood books, you know, because a lot of the picture books they have, but you know, it's hard to give a Kindle book as a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, that's not yeah. fun to unwrap. Right. Exactly. It's better than socks. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking though, I am going to get my boys some socks this year. They need some socks and (laughs) they'll get some fun ones for Christmas. Yeah. My little one likes in the stocking. Yes. Like some fun uh SpongeBob ones and he's got a Coca-Cola pair. Like, you know, but they're fun. Well, you know, Aaron, I could talk to you forever, but I need to close down our show for today. Um, How can people find out more about you? Well, on Instagram, I am Sparking Wholeness, and then my website is sparkingwholeness.com. I do have a Facebook page, Sparking Wholeness Integrative Nutrition, where it is, it does encompass all the mind, body, soul, life balancing tools that I'm, I'm constantly learning and sharing about. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. So we'll be back again next week with another great show. Uh, We met with Aaron Carey today and don't forget to check out Wondry's new series, Bad Batch. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. There's also a link in our show notes. We'll be back again next week.
Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Join us again. We've got something you won't want to miss. Motherhood Talk Radio is a production of Beck Multimedia.